Hi everyone, welcome to the Farm Commons podcast, where we explore timely and important legal issues and questions facing the farming community today. For community-based farms with a focus on sustainability, managing legal risks is especially important as many innovative farm enterprises, like community-supported agriculture programs, on-farm suppers, and gardening classes, and unique arrangements for land access and employment do not fit neatly into our legal system, leading to vulnerability. But through legal education, we can cultivate greater resilience for your farm business so that you can continue to grow in ways that best support you, your relationships, and your community. At Farm Commons, we'll show you why and how. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, everyone. It's Eva again here with Farm Commons, and we're back today to discuss legal risk management for your farm in this time of COVID-19. We know all you farmers out there are making quick and significant changes to your businesses, your supply channels, staff, food safety protocols, and more. And you've had so many questions for us regarding legal risk management. So this week, we'll be recording a series of four COVID-19 episodes. This is part two um, to address your questions about sick leave, unemployment and discrimination, diversification and employment, and sales and contracts. Today, we're back with our director, Rachel Armstrong, to discuss COVID-19 or coronavirus screening and keeping farm employees from working on your farm. Thanks for joining us today again, Rachel. Hey, it's a great, it's a great subject. Um, and, uh, you know, my heart goes out to all the farmers who are listening that may be affected by, by COVID-19. I hope everyone's family is, uh, is doing well and safe in this time and our sympathies to anyone who is negatively impacted right now. So today we will be discussing um, COVID-19 screening because people are feeling ill um, and people are suffering and farms are wanting to be proactive about hygiene and food safety protocols on the farm. And part of that proactivity is wanting to, um, in essence, screen employees uh, to see whether or not they might be sick and if they are asking them to stay home. And so do farmers need to manage legal risks when it comes to this? Yeah, great question. Great question. The impulse is really good. You know, uh, farmers work with food. People depend on that food um, to keep them well um, and, and, and make them well. It would be really tragic if somehow, you know, a farm's actions, someone comes to work sick and someone else ends up um, sick because of that. No farmer wants that to happen. And so some folks might be thinking, well, okay, um, can I ask people who are coughing to go home? Can I ask people to have their temperature taken when they show up to work? Um, we know that, that COVID-19 is, is associated with, with a fever. Uh, can I ask my employees who are not adequately socially distancing? You know, if I know that my employees are just, you know, not following the CDC's recommendations and having, you know, parties or going out socially, can I ask them to, to stay home? The impulse is good. We're, we're trying to protect public health, but some of this stuff can be legally complicated. Let's take the example of doing a, you know, a temperature test. Um, this will probably come as, as no surprise, but what you're doing is it, if, if you try to take employees temperature is you're, you're asking them to undergo what the law would consider a medical examination. 
that's a problem because you can't administer a medical examination unless it's necessary for the performance of the job. So working without a fever is normally not um, necessary for the performance of, of many jobs. If I'm running a temperature of 100, I might still go to work. You know, I admittedly, I personally sit at a desk, so it's probably not going to, going to hinder that. But many people can work with a temperature of 100 or, you know, slightly elevated and, and not be negatively impacted. This is more complicated, though, because if you have a temperature, does that mean that you have a, a disease that's potentially communicable? Do you have COVID-19? Um, is your work going to, going to spread that to other people, the nature of your job? Um, we're in some uncharted territory right now. So that could be, it can be complicated to, to answer that question. So although folks are, are trying to, to take some good faith efforts to, to limit it, um, there is some legal precedent that says we're skating on thin ice. We're, re we're requiring a medical examination. Uh, the federal government has, one of their agencies has issued an opinion as of March 18th that says that at this time, in order to control this pandemic, you may, requ you may require this medical examination of taking temperatures um, as necessary to control this pandemic. Now, once, once the pandemic stops, that's probably not something that a person can keep doing, and it is just advisory. It's the federal government's opinion. But if a lawsuit were to be filed, we're not really sure uh, where, where things could go. So there's, there's some uncharted territory that, uh, that we're all um, scooting into. Uh, this is everybody's first pandemic, so mm -hmm. we haven't quite figured out what the rules are. Yeah, it's been a while since the plague of, what, 1918? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's been a couple hundred years. We're all doing the best we can. Well, mm -hmm. then, that makes me wonder, so if you, whether or not you decide to temperature test or not, if you suspect or an employee says that they're sick, can you force them to stay home? Can you prohibit them, essentially, from coming to work? Right. So that's a great question, too. That seems easier, right? I don't need to know any of your medical information, no examination, just, you know, um, I saw on Facebook that you were at a party last night and I want you to stay home. Well, unfortunately, although that's not a medical examination, it's still a little dicey. Um, usually when you tell someone that they can't come to work, that they have to stay home, you're doing one of two things. Well, you're firing them. That's what firing someone is, is saying, don't come into work. Or maybe you're suspending them. Suspending isn't firing, it's just as a disciplinary action, I need you to stay home. Um, you can't earn your money today. Well, we can all understand that firing is a little dicey and suspending someone is dicey as well. If, if, if you're taking a disciplinary action, then the, the correct, and I'm holding out my finger quotes, the correct legal procedure for that would have been to have had a policy in place that says, you can't do this. And if you do do this, here are the actions that will be taken, like verbal warning, written warning, you know, then suspension. That's usually the course um, that an employer would take. That's not written in law. It doesn't say that if you want to discipline somebody, you have to structure it this way. But that's what we do to protect ourselves. And protect ourselves from what? We, 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 can't, we can't go any farther down this conversational path until we address a really important question, which is, what are we afraid of? 
as an employer, what are we afraid of when we say, I need you to stay home today because you went to a party last night and I'm afraid that you know, you're not following CDC recommendations? Um, let me answer that question. This is where discrimination and unemployment insurance are the answer, but I have a, there's, there's some legal stuff I need to wade through before we get there, so bear with me, folks. What we're talking about here is at-will employees. Most farm workers in pretty much every state, stop listening if you're in Montana, because it's not Montana, but for most everybody else, farm workers are going to be at-will employees. At will means they're not working under a contract and the employer can let them go at any time and for any legal reason. An at will employee can be let go for any legal reason. So obviously that means unless the reason for which they were let go is illegal, they can be let go. So what are the illegal reasons? The, the first illegal reason is discrimination. And I'm, I'm hesitating because there's, there's a lot of legal details we're trying to sort out here. You might be saying, wait, Rachel, okay, great. We covered at-will employees. I know that I can let people go for, for, um, for legal reasons, but we're just talking about sending someone home. Sure, we are talking about sending someone home, but like I said, that is what it is. Do fire or lay someone off. You are sending them home without pay. You are not allowing them to do the job. So what looks like a logical leap is actually a very rational leap under the law. So bear with me when I'm saying that, when I'm implying that by prohibiting someone from coming to work, you have let them go, laid them off, fired them, because that's how the law is going to see this. If you've done that for an illegal reason, the, the, the biggest, the most likely illegal reason is discrimination. So an employer in that position would want to make sure that that act of sending someone home without pay doesn't appear to be discriminatory. So, you know, it's, it's not discriminatory to say that uh, I want to protect my, um, my suppliers or my customers from, from COVID-19, that's fine. But let's look at, uh, to use the example of, of someone who went to a party last night and now you don't want them to work because they might have infected themselves. I mean, we, we attorneys like to think of worst case scenarios. So here's the worst case scenario. Um, your employee is a woman um, and she, what she did is she went to a baby shower and she was the guest of honor because she is pregnant. And now you have found out that she's pregnant and you're, maybe you're also letting her go because she's pregnant. That's an illegal reason. In no state are you allowed to fire a woman because she is pregnant. So it might look like she went to a party and you're concerned about COVID transmission, but there can often be an underlying discriminatory reason, which makes that um, potentially illegal. So discrimination is the one thing we're, we're asking about. What else are we afraid of? We're afraid of unemployment insurance. If we let someone go for no fault of their own, they're generally eligible for unemployment insurance. They can go to the unemployment office, file a claim, and get compensated. The key word there is when we let someone go through no fault of their own. If a person runs a fever and you send him home for that, that is not their fault. It's not their fault that they got sick. If they attended a, a party um, and, uh, and, you know, 
it was a wedding shower or whatever it was, they're allowed to do that. That's not their fault. So those folks are going to potentially be eligible for an unemployment um, insurance claim. So those are, those are the things that we tend to be worried about when we send someone home without pay. It's not to say anyone is doing that, you know, certainly, um, you know, the farms listening to this podcast or, you know, um, I'd be shocked if folks were engaging in discrimination, but that's just something that we, we have to be aware that that impression can be out there. Sometimes we do have biases that, that maybe we haven't recognized, um, and it's, it's worth um, thinking about that and interrogating that for ourselves, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Whether or not you're checking people's temperature or if you're asking folks who aren't feeling well to stay at home. Mm-hmm. Or if, if you're even thinking about doing either of those things, it's good to interrogate, interrogate underlying assumptions and issues and concerns. Right. So right. Exactly. Regarding unemployment insurance then, uh, what is the risk there for farmers? And I say risks because if they do let someone go by asking them to go home, um, that person may pursue unemployment insurance. Right. Right, right, and we know that um, that just to just to take it from a non-farm context for for a moment, we know that across the country, un- unemployment insurance claims are just being filed by the hundreds of thousands across the country. You know, uh, as all the restaurants and bars are being shut down, all those individuals can't go to work, and although they may not technically be fired, but they still can't go to work. Those folks are eligible for unemployment. So they're filing claims with the state, um, which provides them, you know, roughly, and this this varies, um, roughly half of their of their income um, on a weekly basis to help them manage because they didn't do anything wrong and they they lost their job, they lost their income. Although almost every business in America um, pays into the unemployment insurance system, farms are different. Farms have a huge exemption from participating in the unemployment insurance system. When the employer isn't paying into the unemployment insurance system, the employee is not eligible for unemployment insurance benefits. So that's the way it works with, with farms. They have this big exemption. Many farms can still choose to pay into unemployment, uh, but if they're not, then the employees don't have um, the uh, don't have that possibility in front of them. This matters because, uh, well, let me phrase this another way. I've been I've been saying, what are we worried about? What are we afraid of? Why would be Why would we be un- afraid of an unemployment insurance claim? Businesses are afraid of an unemployment insurance claim because. If one of their employees goes and uses the unemployment insurance system, that business's unemployment insurance tax rate goes up. That's a rational decision that we have, we as a society have decided um, upon because if a business is constantly sending people to the unemployment insurance system, you know, constantly laying them off for no fault of their own, that business is creating a burden on the system and thus should pay a higher tax rate. The tax rate is what refills the coffers so that employees have you know, money available to them. So the system is rational, but it does cre- and, it, and it ends up creating a disincentive for the employer to let people go for no fault of their own. Um, but at the end of the day, employers don't want an unemployment claim because they don't want their tax rate to go up. But 
you know, all this doesn't matter to most farms. They don't have to pay into unemployment insurance, so their employees don't um, are not eligible for a claim and their tax rate is not going to go up. That also means that a lot of farm employees are vulnerable. They don't have access to the safety net when they're let go or, or asked to go home for two weeks because they were exposed to COVID-19. They don't have any place to turn to continue to, um, uh, to receive income. So uh, there's two sides of, of, of that coin. Um, and it can be hard for a farm business to decide which way they want to go. Uh, they may be able to opt into the unemployment insurance system it's a little too late to, to use that for COVID-19, but um, it's something to keep in mind for the, for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for risk management then with unemployment insurance, it sounds like it's more about a social justice perspective and weighing out um, the quality of life for the farm farmer, the farm business, and also the employees or the people who may or may not have to be let go. Exactly. Because most farms um, aren't required to participate and choose not to participate in the unemployment insurance system, um, there's, not, there's not that risk mm -hmm. to letting people go without pay. There is still the discrimination risk. Mm -hmm. And what we do need to be sure there is that we are, um, we are treating people um, who are similarly situated in a similar manner. So it goes back to that idea of, uh, of have policies, implement those policies consistently. Um, if you're asking one person to stay home because they went to a party last night, well, then you better ask everybody who went to a party last night to stay home. You were taking temperatures, you're doing it for everybody, and you're setting a, a standard objective threshold that you're enforcing for everyone. So everybody, um, it needs to be aware of the risk of discrimination and then manage that in terms of how they're deploying policies on their farm. Another risk management strategy that we can use is to send people home with pay. That eliminates some of that, uh, that concern because it's less of a disadvantage to, to that person. Um, you're still sending a message that you care about safety and you care about containing this virus, um, but you're not making people vulnerable. So there's, uh, there's, there's not a discrimination worry. They're still getting paid. So think about that. Um, if, you don't, if, you're, if you're concerned about transmission of the disease and you have you know, valid concerns about whether someone is sick, you can also think about modifying their job on the farm for a little while. Is there something that they could do that doesn't put them in contact with other employees um, or customers um, to sort of isolate them on the job while they're there? You can think about that too. Yep, time to get creative on the farm for sure. Even more creative than usual because y'all are the most creative bunch to be sure. Um, but for legal risk management, when it comes to COVID-19 screening or any kind of plans to uh, ask employees to stay at home, consistency is really the key here. What you choose to do for one, do for all, and just be aware, as Rachel said, about the risk of discrimination. So you can ask someone yep. to stay home because they were at a party, but if they also have some other things going on, maybe a pregnancy, maybe something gender related, do be wary of those layers as well. And try to build a business model that allows you to, to pay them for that yeah. time. And I know that that's extremely challenging right now too, with, with um, you know, markets being, uh, being lost with restaurants and food service providers and, um, and other small businesses, but whatever you can do to, to use this, that risk management strategy, uh, 
that as well works. Yep. Are there any resources on our website that folks should check out regarding these matters that come to mind, Rachel? Absolutely. So uh, folks in the Midwestern states, uh, we have very thorough farm employment law guides uh, in um, audiovisual format and in print format. So Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, you know, Iowa, surrounding states, go get those and uh, you can discover in detail what are the when do you have to engage with the unemployment insurance system um, in your state and with the federal government. Now, if you're not in the Midwest, we still have resources for you. We have a, a guide to um, federal employment law that you can find at our website, um, and it goes through the obligations to participate in the in the federal um, unemployment insurance system. So keep a lookout for those. We don't have anything on discrimination just yet, but uh, give us about nine months and we will be releasing a guide on um, discrimination issues uh, for the farm and how to build um, human resources policies and procedures that help you manage uh, that risk. So um, stay in touch with Farm Commons, get some documents from our website um, and um, hear about that when, uh, when the time comes and we've got it ready to go. Yes, we will keep you apprised via this podcast and our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook and, of course, our website at farmcommons.org. Well, thank you very much, Rachel, for parceling out all these nitty-gritty legal details that may not be apparent, and especially not when there's so much else on, on farmers' minds um, regarding what it means to ask someone to stay home, when it might be for their benefit, uh, for themselves, for the farm business, and also for public health and safety. There's so much more um, than what's on the surface, as usual. So thank you very much for making, making more of that clear today. Absolutely, and everybody say, stay healthy and well out there. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Farm Commons podcast. For more information on what you just heard, as well as a variety of farm law guides, models, checklists, flowcharts, and more, visit our website at farmcommons.org. You can also email us at info at farmcommons.org if you have any questions or comments about this podcast or any of our online materials. Thanks everyone for listening, and keep on growing.